Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com. Tate, exciting stuff on The Ringer this week. We have Black Panther. Have you seen it yet? Nope. <laughs> I saw it, not to brag. I, I went to the, the opening night. Um, yeah, it was it's good. It's wow, good dude. You should see it. Nice. We have a lot of stuff. I'm gonna uh yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff on the ringer about the about Black Panther. I saw Brian Curtis. I'm excited. I haven't read it yet. He wrote an article uh about the NBA in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to check that one out. Uh Ben Simmons. Kyrie, Don- people forget Kyrie Irving. Dante Exum. Australia. Come on. I ho- hopefully he gives like St. Mary's some love in that article. If uh, I'm just gonna do a control F St. Mary's and if it's not there, I'm gonna exit out and tweet at Curtis that he should have talked Poor about Jack Landell. Landell. Yeah. Also, um, we are brought to you by the Mask Man Show, a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Um, I'm very excited. WrestleMania is coming up. I have not followed wrestling as much as I should, Tate. I've, so I know you don't follow wrestling. I'm going to explain to you. They used to have the one show. It was Monday Night Raw. They have split into two shows mm. where they have SmackDown is just as important as Raw now. And it, it became hard for me to follow, so I've sort of fallen out of favor with wrestling. But I turned to the Mask Man, and he fills me in on everything I need to know about wrestling. So that way, I can jump in at WrestleMania and pretend like I've been following all along. So um, check that out for those of you who are into that sort of thing. He just had a—I just saw he did a pod with uh, Trey Kirby from the Starters. Yep, and they were comparing the NBA All Stars to their wrestling equivalents, which is a good—it's a good idea. That's a fun listen. So uh, check that out. We should do something like that, by the way. We should have Shoemaker on this pod. We should do like a, I don't know. I'm looking at the board right now. It looks pretty intricate. Looks like something out of True Detective Season (laughs) 1. So uh, check those things out. And uh, that's that today. Tate and I, we're going to do some good guy, bad guy, Kyle guy. Maybe try out a Kyle's guy, see how we're feeling. Maybe give producer Kyle the microphone, let him chime in with his thoughts. Uh, Talk about some of the fun games. Just kind of whatever comes to mind. But, uh, But first... Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. Welcome to a very special edition of One Shining Podcast, where Tate and I are going to argue about Michael Jordan versus LeBron James for three hours. I'm so excited for this. Tate, explain to me. Why I saw you tweeted about this. I saw my friend of the program, Big Cat from Barstool, tweeted about this. I saw that First Take was arguing about this, or maybe it was the Skip Bayless show with Shannon. I don't know. Um, I saw that the Ringers run a couple articles on Jordan and LeBron. Where is this coming from? Why are people talking about Jordan and LeBron now? Like, is is this was it just because LeBron won the All Star MVP? Yes, exactly. That's the frustrating that's part. That's literally why I have. Uh, that's why I have to vent about it because. It takes one little thing for everyone to go, oh my God, LeBron's the greatest of all time. He won All-Star MVP. I, I, first of all, I didn't know the, we were in a position where the All-Star game mattered so much uh, to legacy, um, but I guess it does, and it led to all this stuff. And then as far I was just as the, the LeBron... That's too much NBA talk. That's too much NBA talk. <laughs> too much NBA talk. Just shut up. Just, just, just stop. All right, I'm done. It's too I'm much. Done. Yeah. I, I was just curious. It's, it's uh, the worst conversation in sports. It really is. There's, there's no fu- no one has any fun. Everyone calls each other out. People have their own insecurities about who they like. It's It's the worst. I was just wondering why, like everyone in mass, was starting to talk about it again. Because I know people talk about it all the time, but uh, it just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. And I was, it couldn't possibly be just because the All Star could it. And as it turns out, yeah, yeah, it is. Did you do uh, All Star Weekend in L.A.? Did you do? A, did you go to any parties, Tate? Were you were you rubbing elbows with the uh, celebs out there? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In a word, cool. nope. Um, 
So it is. It is about noon ish on uh, on the be- in the beautiful East Coast city of Columbus, Ohio, um, right here on the water of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, and I say that to say that I saw um, there's an important announcement coming with Louisville. So Kyle, Kyle, is your mic on? Always. All right, turn um, it off for, for real. Keep, keep your <laughs> keep keep your eyes peeled for whatever the Louisville news is because I saw that they're going to have a press conference like right as we just started recording. So um, if something juicy happens with Louisville, please break in and tell us. Copy that because uh, yeah, we need to know about that. So um, yeah, so Tate, you had no you had no All Star anything, nothing, nothing to tell the people. Nope, I was uh, That's disappointed. Yeah, not a part of any mm-hmm. of it. Um, I saw it on social medias. Uh, I knew it was happening. There was a lot of traffic around town. Um, mm. but yeah, I had a very low key weekend. It was very enjoyable. Mm. We were supposed to do a uh, Kevin Durant podcast, the fifth iteration of the Kevin Durant Bill Simmons series, but that didn't happen. So otherwise, I just hung out. It was great. Watched a lot of college the fifth basketball. Installment, the fifth installment of the trilogy of the Kevin Durant yes. Bill Simmons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's like in uh, Tropic well, Thunder with Scorcher. It's like you thought Scorcher yeah. one was was awesome. Now this is Scorcher eight. <laughs> um. Well, let's get into it then. Let's get into the college basketball. Let's start where we always start on Tuesday afternoons with a uh, good guy, bad guy. I'm only chasing after bags. Now I got a game plan. A very special edition of Kyle Guy. Mm. Uh, but let's 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 dive in. Let's start with good guy, as always. Um, I know you're excited to talk about your good guy of the week, so I'm gonna let you go first. I'll go first. Uh, Chris Collins, good guy of the week. Um, there was a lot of people I I I'd put it out there that I wanted to give him this award. And it's pretty simple. The guy has a 27-point lead at one point um, on Saturday afternoon, taking on Michigan State. Everyone's tuning in. We get a lot of uh, feedback from people. I think the score at one point was 30 to eight. People are freaking out. They're like, Michigan State, what's going on here? Michigan State is, you know, obviously a, right now a shoe in to be a, a one seed in the Midwest. Most people believe because of the Purdue thing. Um, so Chris Collins has this huge lead. Northwestern can't miss. They're shooting like 72 percent from the field, draining threes, doing everything that uh, that they could possibly do to have such a big lead over Michigan State Tom Izzo goes into halftime and he seems very calm cool and collected and he basically is like you know we're gonna see if we can bounce back in this game the the typical Tom Izzo statement you know we're gonna have to battle some adversity and come back and guess what Mark Titus the second half <laughs> they go 17 straight shots Northwestern does without making a shot um, I've never seen anything quite like good. it Michigan State <laughs> comes back uh, they get the big win um, and it basically solidifies the fact that Michigan State is now a one seed if they had lost this game against Northwestern that really would have hurt their resume and Chris Collins I mean way to be a good guy helping Tom Izzo out and uh, keeping them at, at top of the Big Ten I just I just can't imagine a coach not being able to drop a play to get an easy basket 17 straight shots that were missed I, I've never seen anything like it i felt bad for northwestern but then i realized it was northwestern i didn't feel bad anymore so that's my good guy of the week <laughs> chris collins has been your good guy what three three times i think now? he's four my times? my number one good guy i think he's been four or five times yeah. since we started this segment so congratulations to chris collins really really earning his keep around here on uh, one shining podcast by the way it's totally deserved all of it is deserved he chris collins actually is a great man he yes. does a lot of great he's from chicago he, he went to high school in chicago he loves Chicago. He's throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley. The people love him. They, they, he took Northwestern in the NCAA tournament. No one is going to say a bad word about Chris Collins. Nope. And he was also... Or his dad. They were also ranked in the preseason, and they just are terrible this year and just set the Big Ten record for the biggest blown lead in the history of the conference, which dates back to like 1906 was when the Big Ten, I think. Maybe even older than that, to be honest. 
Um, whenever, it, whenever Purdue won, all, whenever it was that Purdue won all their Big Ten titles that that gave them the lead for the most Big Ten titles, like way back in the early 1900s. And you got the Maryland loss to add insult to injury. That's right. Yeah, they did just lose to Maryland. You just you just helped another <laughs> good guy, a fellow good guy, Mark Turgeon, uh, get off his road skid. So wait that's, a second. That's a really I just good realized. Game. I just realized what you're doing. Your pig, your good guys are always in the Big Ten. This is like a <laughs> subtle attack on me. I just realized you're on Turgeon and Collins all the time. <laughs> Those are my two greatest guys. Like so the funny thing about the the Michigan State coming back is just the, the Big Ten, the whiplash with the Big Ten this year has been it, it, it it's really painful. I'll put it that way. Uh, where to start the year, I wrote I think I wrote in my power rankings as soon as the conference season was about to start that Michigan State might go undefeated in the Big Ten because Purdue's like the only team that could really challenge them, and they only played Purdue once and it was at home and they ended up winning that game. But I thought. This is obviously Michigan State's going to run with the run away with the Big Ten, and then Purdue emerges. Like Michigan State stumbles out of the gate because he got the Tom Mizzo manufactured adversity thing going. Yep, uh, they get blown out at Ohio State. They lose at home to Michigan, and Purdue is winning nineteen in a row. And it's like, oh, maybe it's Purdue's time. Maybe Purdue is the team to beat. Oh shit! Breaking news. What happened? University of Louisville loses twenty thirteen national championship banner. Ooh. So, like, it's official? Yeah. Jeff Goodman, NCAA announces Louisville's 2013 national title banner is coming down. It's official, official. So, there's no more There's no more appeals. There's no more anything like that? No. It's here. That is... Uh, Ve- hashtag I mean, very newsworthy. It's surprising in the sense that it's never been done before, but it's not surprising if you knew the case. I mean, there's no... They say you can't take yourself seriously as an organization if you don't bring down Louisville's banner, that they were all getting... They were getting impermissible benefits. To my knowledge, a normal student on that campus could not get hookers paid for him and and delivered to him and 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 be forced to have sex with a stripper like against your will, like they kind of did to the recruits that were coming to Louisville. <laughs> to my knowledge, that was not something that was being offered to the regular students. Um, so yeah, they had to come down, right, Tate? Is, are, are we surprised by this? Dan Dockage broke this news like a month ago. Yeah, I don't think it's very surprising. I mean, a lot of people had already decided. But the, the thing that is surprising is now when we talk about the, the past titles and we, we run through the whole gamut, you know, we're still going to say Louisville won the title, right? <laughs> I mean, I understand uh, it, it's vacated, yeah. uh, but we, we all know and we all watch them win the title. It's uh, so, I mean, it's cool for Michigan and Trey Burke, I guess, that they now have a title to celebrate. I, I'm guessing that's how that works. Is Michigan now the national champion? Um, oh, Michigan's definitely going to try to, if, if that's what you're asking. They're going to try to. Um, the whole vacated thing to me is it's it's bizarre that people complain about that. They're like, why does the NCAA vacate? Why bother? Um, like, I know I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, I'm still going to remember Louisville. I'm still going to remember Trey Burke getting called for the foul. I'm going to remember Luke Hancock going nuts mm-hmm. in the Spike Albrecht game. Yeah, All these poor Luke Hancock. With us. Most outstanding player but, now taken away. But the people that roll their eyes, like, why would the NCAA vacate a title? Like, wh- what else is the NCAA supposed to do? If you really think about it, like, if you think <laughs> about the organization as they exist, wh- I mean, if if a guy, che- what else are you supposed to do except retroactively take away what they won? I mean, they, they their hands are kind of tied. I mean, the, the only other option is, and and they do do this, is to punish the future team to like say, okay, now the the current Louisville team, you, you can't go to the postseason for like three years, and that's total bullshit. So. I don't know. I guess like it actually does sort of make sense that they vacate stuff. Like if you win something illegally, shouldn't you have to give that something back? I yeah, don't know. you would rather punish those that were a part of of the situation than than punish the future kids that are there. And that's what usually happens with the, these NCAA cases. I will say Dan Dockage right now on Twitter is unbelievable. Um, 
uh, <laughs> two weeks ago when Dan Dockage reported that this would happen, uh, Vince Tyra said, I was embarrassed for Dan. And now Dan Dockage, uh, of course, quotes tweets that and said, this didn't, this didn't age well for the Louisville AD or the Louisville media. We are discussing now on 1070 The Fan. So if you want to go jump on 1070 The Fan, I don't blame you. You should go hear Dockage boast about this whole thing. He did call us two weeks ago. He knew it was coming. He's in the bag with the NCAA. Is- He's in Indianapolis. He knows what's going on. Um, I, I just this is uh, this is too good, too good to be true. This is the year. The year of Dockage continues. This is amazing. Yes, he's, both he's Andrew and Dan, he, just the Dockage family. He called Dan called Ohio State going to the Final Four, which is yet to be determined. But I think he's kind of been vindicated already, just in the sense that everyone thought Ohio State was going to be terrible, and Dan was like, "No, they're going to the Final Four." Watch, <laughs> and now they, they they got up to the top ten. Um, the the way he presented it though was like just it's classic Dockage to just be like uh. The, the way he initially presented the news was like, I have a I have a buddy who knows a guy who was inside the room who was telling me that this is going. And, and then like was he, that he guy totally a good guy or a bad guy? Can you tell us, yeah. Dan? Come on. So that's it, Rick Pitino. No, no title. He's still got the one at Kentucky, but no. Uh, so, so does, that means Rick Pitino has one title, right? Yes. All that's time. it. Rick Rick Pitino has as many titles as Kevin Ollie. <laughs> oh my god oh, oh, i love it that's so great oh i love it but rick patino just died is, a little bit when he heard that that's tough the good news is we at least know that the 1996 title at patino one was 100 percent clean and in no way <laughs> was shady whatsoever we we have we know that at least so he can have he has had to hang uh he can hang his hat on that one um yeah that's that's kind of important news, breaking news that the banners coming down. That's never happened before. Do you want to do you want to dance on Louisville's grave that that Carolina got their banners stayed up and and they're no. to take theirs down? No, do you like gloat about that. Take, no, I'll, I'll allow you. I'll allow you sixty seconds. Go. <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. I I honestly thought that Louisville uh, being in the ACC would have some help as far as being sheltered from this situation a little bit. Like people would go out on a limb. Sort of what happened with Carolina. A lot of ACC schools were, you know, fighting and, and on their side. But I I think the Louisville deal was just too. It's just so different, and it, it's a little bit more, uh, I don't know, it's harder to swallow when, when the details come out about that Louisville case. So uh, that's that's yeah. uh, that's kind of what it is. No dancing well, on the grave here. To your point that that people you thought like being in the ACC would help, this is another thing that drives me nuts about people that complain about the violations uh, and, and the sanctions and all that. The whole, the Jerry Tarkanian thing where he said that the NCAA is so mad what was about Kentucky, right? Where they're so mad at Kentucky, they punished Cleveland State. Yes, that was the that was the quote, that's, right? That's a great quote. Yes, people like circle jerk each other to that quote <laughs> all the time when these cases come out, and it's it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It like the NCA has proven over and over and over again that they will punish the best programs. They have punished. They they took a national championship and a Heisman away from USC football. They put Penn State on probation and like didn't let them play on national TV when they really had no jurisdiction to do so with the Sandusky thing. Mm-hmm. It, like I mean, the Sandusky thing was heinous, but if you actually understand the the NCA's bylaws, like it was it was without out, outside of their jurisdiction to do anything. They they punished Ohio State for getting tattoos. Like if you're if you're gonna make the argument that the NCAA protects its cash cows. You're an idiot. I'm sorry. You're an, you're an absolute idiot. That does not happen. And and I'm so glad that they did this to Louisville because 
it just proves my point all along, Tate, that, that this, this is not a thing that happens. That's not like Louisville, you know, they, they go after the small. You know why they don't punish the bigger programs that they get caught with stuff? It's because the bigger programs do a better job of covering their tracks. That's really it. And they also, get reckless like Louisville and they also did, bring in independent lawyers and they have the money to pay for the legal, all, all that sort of stuff, all the legal fees that they need to right. have. And if you Google right now, Jerry Tarkanian, uh, first thing that pops up is, I hope Cleveland State is ready in response to the Louisville case. Right, which is the ultimate oh. contradiction because Louisville got punished. I don't, I don't understand. It, it makes no, it makes no damn sense. People are idiots. It drives me nuts. It's, it's like, like, what are you talking? I don't, under, I don't know. It, I get so worked up over that. I don't under, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I guess may, it's, it might be because I'm so close. Like Ohio, I was, I'm an Ohio State alum, obviously. And when the Jim Chessel thing happened, everyone and the tattoo thing happened. Everyone treated that like it was like the biggest scandal in college sports history. And like <laughs> the the eight or so years since the tattoo thing. I mean, like if the tattoo thing happened now, no one would even care. They just like, be like oh, tattoos, that's it. There's no there's no like <laughs> sexual assault scandal sweeping 30 years. There's no like hookers being paid for. There's no academic fraud. There, you know, it's like, oh, you paid tattoo. You got free tattoos. That's it. Um, and anyway. cash and cash. Uh, and cash. Where were we? <laughs> Back to your good guy. <laughs> Oh, I was talking. I was going in on the Big Ten about how uh, how funny it was that like Michigan State was the team, and then Purdue was the team, and then Ohio State beats Purdue and Mackey, and then Ohio State's the team, and then Ohio State loses to Penn State, and it's like, oh, maybe Purdue's the team, but then Purdue loses to Wisconsin, and now we're right back where we were. Today, yes, exactly. State. It's all come full circle to Tom Izzo battled. He, he battled through the adversity, and now we're here, and now we're all yeah. celebrating. Um, can you talk about your guy, good guy, a guy that has yeah. uh, not battled the adversity very well and has been struggling uh, mightily over the past few weeks? My good guy is Lon Kruger. Mm. Uh, I can't remember if we've picked him as good guy or not. He's been on the honorable mission. He, I, he's he been in my radar for a very long time, but uh, I can't remember if you or I have picked him yet this year. Um, They've lost 9 of 11, Oklahoma has. Trey Young, Oklahoma has gone from ranked fourth in the country to now... I don't want to say they're on the bubble because, as we know, Tate, the bubble is weak this year. It is historically weak bubble this year. Uh, unlike every other year where the bubble is very strong, this year it appears to be weak. So I don't. I'm not. I'm not going to say Oklahoma's on the bubble quite yet. Yes, but uh, they're a very different team. They look completely. I, let's be honest. My complaint isn't so much about Oklahoma sucking. It's about the Trey Young National Player of the Year campaign has completely gone off the rails. I think most people well, it's over. are on the Jalen Brunson bandwagon now. I think it is over. I it's think over. Trey Young has died. It it died last I night. Think, that was the last game. We we talked about it last week. We sort of joked about Trey uh, Young having the 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 big moment in Lawrence, Kansas, in Allen Fieldhouse to get a big win. But instead, they just get blown out by thirty points. He has what eleven points. Um, in Kansas, I mean, Kansas looks like the one seed now, right? They look like the fourth one seed after that huge can win. We, can we just have a moment of silence for Trey Young? Yes. Campaign, please. All right. All right. So it, it just, Kansas is a one seed. I, I, I have so many thoughts on the Kansas, Oklahoma thing. Let's, let me start with, let me start with the Oklahoma part, please. Trey Young. I, I still think Trey Young should be national player of the year. I'm going to tell you why. He's leading the country in scoring and assists. And I understand that people are Still. gonna say that doesn't that doesn't matter because his team sucks. They're losing a lot. And I understand that. The only way to me, if you are if you are shattering if you records with your stats, if you're putting up stats that we haven't seen literally in the history of college basketball ever, the only way to me that I will accept an argument that like those stats are are invalidated or they should be devalued or whatever, because 
he's put in this situation where he he gets the ball all the time. He has a high usage rate, and they just let him do whatever he wants. My question to you is, if you take Trey Young off Oklahoma and put Jalen Brunson on Oklahoma, is Oklahoma a better team? I think the answer is very clearly no. Yeah. I think there's no question about Oklahoma is not better. I think so. This idea that Trey Young, Trey Young is not detrimental to his team by taking too many shots and having a high usage rate and whatever else you want to say about him. Like as he's 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 very clearly in a slump. He's he's fallen off. People have fatigue. I understand that. But I unless you can say like any all these other guys, unless you can be like, well, yeah, if you put DeAndre, if you took Trey Young off of Oklahoma, put DeAndre Ayton on there. Oklahoma would win 10 more games, so Aiton should be better than Young. Or you can't, I don't think you can say that with anybody. I think Young shoots a lot in part because he has to. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong, Tate? No, you're not wrong. He has to. He literally has to. And I think this is more of a cautionary tale to the future coverage of guys like Trey Young. He came up and blew up so quickly that he, everyone started talking about him. Everyone put him on the radar. People were talking about him being the number one pick. He's doing all these huge interviews. He's on ESPN. He's everywhere. He's on LeBron's uninterrupted. LeBron, like we said before, has been claiming him like he knew him when he was five years old and has, you know, predicted this future success for Trey Young. I don't know. I think it all got in his head. It all got on his shoulders. And it's a mental thing a little bit. And uh, you saw it last night in Kansas. As soon as Kansas started hitting threes and getting a little bit of a lead, it just seemed like the entire Oklahoma team was. deflated and Trey Young just seemed like he was sort of out of it and then from there it's like they know they're going to get done with the game and have to deal with all these questions and everyone being like what's wrong what's going on here and I honestly think Kruger hasn't done a good enough job to to get ahead of some of this stuff with Trey and just say look you know we we don't need Trey to do all you know to be the face of this program right now and answer all these questions and 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 try to respond to to when he does not play well and 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 right now I mean Kruger's sort of sitting sitting in the back sort of waiting to see what happens with this team but you you mentioned the bubble talk I mean nine of 11 that puts them in bubble bubble talk range right I mean they have to be it absolutely does yeah yeah they're in bubble talk range but they still I mean the, the Big 12 is so so uh Good. I don't know what the word is. Good. I'm not going to say overrated, but it's just the, the perception of the Big 12 is so high that they always have that to fall back on. It's like, yeah, we lost 9 to 12, but look at the 9 that we lost to. And I, all, I think that Iowa State team. just having Iowa State at the bottom of the Big 12 really does validate how good all the rest of those teams are. And you see yeah. Kansas right now and how good they're playing. I mean, I think West Virginia is a really good team. You guys, I mean, if you go down the line of the Big 12, I think they are the best conference. So Oklahoma does that have that argument. But at the same time, I mean, this Oklahoma team looks nothing like the team we saw in December or January right. or early January. So when I, was in, when I was in junior high and going into high school and I was 6'4 in eighth grade and mm. people thought I was going to be Kevin Love and I was supposed to be very good at basketball and then I stopped growing and got fat. Um I got asked to do wait I got asked like to Kevin be Love. This, yeah, yeah, exactly like <laughs> Kevin Love. Except he got he got taller. I didn't get taller. I think he was did. like I, six eight in eighth grade. I was just I was a six four stretch four in eighth grade, and mm. then I was a six four small forward that I got to high school, and then I became like a six four shooting guard, and now you know I just <laughs> now you're a six four uh, three point yeah. specialist point guard. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so anyway, I, I was uh, when I was like back when I was people thought I would actually be good at basketball. I got I got asked to be invited to this uh, uh, this mentorship program that the NCAA put together, and the whole point of telling you this is that they said something at this mentorship program when I was like in ninth grade that has has stayed with me my entire life, and I think it's applicable to Trey Young. Someone at this program said the goal with the the whole point of the program and the whole outlook on on moving forward with your basketball career is to use basketball 
and do not let basketball use you. Yep. And I took those words to heart and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And for the rest of my life, I was like, use basketball. Like, you know, so that's kind of, honestly, that's why I'm talking to you, Tate, is like, I was smart enough to realize what my talent level was. And I was like, how could I use this sport? How can I use my connections to weasel my way onto the Ohio State (laughs) team and ride coattails for four years and then get a job at the ringer.com firing off my takes on the internet? Like that's, that was always my dream. Um, Wow. I need to get you to dream more. (laughs) Aim higher. I say that to say Trey Young is being used, Tate. I feel like basketball as a whole used Trey Young. We, we, just swallowed him alive. Yes. As you said, you, as the point you've made a hundred times that the, the the media attention was too much. We've chewed him up, spit him out, and he's just like, his head is spinning right now. He's like, what the hell just has happened to me the last five months of my life? This is insane. Um, And he just looks like he's over it at this point, which sucks. Which I guess like if, if you want to make that argument for why he doesn't deserve National Player of the Year, I guess I could sort of, I don't know. There, there's definitely a sense of like... Well, Go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I think we've gotten into a larger conversation of what's going on with all of these transcendent one-and-done guys. Because I, I don't think Trey Young is the only one that's got this. Uh, it's like senioritis, but it's one-and-done-itis, where yeah. you start seeing you know, Draft Express. You start, you start seeing your name in all the mock drafts. You start reading you know, all these NBA blogs, and they're saying, well, Trey Young would fit well with their magic. You know, They just traded Alfred Payton, and, and they need a point guard. All that stuff gets in your head. I don't care what anyone says. I, I know that's you know not not uh, <laughs> not not frank and, and right to say in college basketball circles that you know these guys are thinking about the next step. But it's happening with all these one and done guys. I mean, look at Marvin Bagley. We haven't seen him mm-hmm. play. I mean, since the North Carolina game in the second half when he said he got Ooh. hurt in the first half and he played twenty minutes in the second half. You know, seemingly. Ooh, that's, are, that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we? Are we? Is that foreshadowing? Do we have a do we have a Duke conspiracy coming from you later in the program? Possibly. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Continue. Go it's, ahead. It's called a tease. Um. But I I did think Trey Young's in the same world. I think he's a little bit in his head. I think he's reading all this mock stuff. I think he understands he's going to be an NBA player. I know LeBron James came out with that statement and was like, "It's not even a question. He's going to go to the NBA." You know, you start seeing all that yeah. stuff, and you're all over ESPN, and people are are, are telling you how great you are, and like you said, we're, we're using him for the entertainment factor. Right. And, and as soon as it goes awry, you know, the headline today is Trey Young is the ride over. You know, <laughs> like, right. like like we're already was, done with him. And uh, I, I ESPN, just think that's wrong. ESPN props him up. Like ESPN builds this big tower and puts him at the on the top of it. And then right as soon as they get to the top, they just like knock the shit at the base. And yes. Watch it all tumble down and just laugh at him a point. And it's. It's crazy. That's what I mean by we're using him is is in that regard is that, I mean, people re- will remember Trey Young, but five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever, we, we, we will remember this season. But for the most part, we're just like, I don't want to say exploiting is not the right word because obviously that's, that's already happening. True. I mean, he wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> no. well, well, yeah. That, that. Just a joke, folks. All right, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying we're exploiting him or anything. Like we should feel sorry for him or anything like that. But there's there's certainly an element of we're just trying to squeeze every ounce of just entertainment and content and whatever it is out of this guy, so we can throw him to the side, push him off to the NBA, and then turn and look at Zion Williamson and say, "All right, your turn." Yep. And you're do up it next again to him. And and that's just like it's it's very it just kind of feels gross to me sometimes. So everybody, leave Trey alone is what I'm saying. But Lon Kruger is my good guy of the week. Um, for kind of a, 
you're kind of right, Tate, that he's sort of allowing this to happen. I'm not really sure what the solution is, but there is a solution, and he's not really doing anything about it. He's just kind of like, eh, this is who we are. I guess Trey Young has to go out there and shoot it 30 times a game and hope for the best and hope the rest of the teammates don't just collapse. And um, I don't know. I, I would, I would, I, my, I, I don't know. My problem with that, as far as Kruger being the good guy and why he deserves to be the good guy, is that early on when all this was working, he was getting praise for the. He just gave Trey Young the keys. You know that that's Long Kruger being a good coach. What coach in America would give a freshman the keys like Kruger did? And he was totally fine to go into a press conference and say, "Look, I saw the talent of Trey. I knew he could handle the pressure and responsibility of being a freshman point guard with this team. I knew he'd make the team better. You know, I just had to give him the you know the reins of the team." And now when things are going awry and he needs some help, he needs someone else to be there to, to kind of take the brunt of this. You know, I, I don't see Kruger going out on a limb uh, in the same way he did to, to, to take credit before. So that's, that's my only reason for saying Lon Kruger is uh, a little off base here. Um, should we give some honorable mention good guys? Yeah, we, we, there are a lot of honorable mention good guys that need to be mentioned. Um, the first one starting with Matt Painter, who salvage this season. I'm going to I'm going to go that far. I'm going to get very extreme <laughs> with it and say completely salvage the season by beating Penn State at home. Um Tony Purdue almost Yeah, Purdue almost not almost. I guess they 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 beat Penn State, but they were they were down in that game. They beat Penn State at home to what would have been their fourth straight loss after winning 19 in a row. Um so Matt Painter if they would have lost to Penn State would have 100% been my good guy of the week. But uh they they salvaged it and the way Purdue celebrated. They didn't have Vince Edwards to be fair, so that game was close. They didn't have but Dare I say that might have actually helped him Tate with the way Vince Edwards has been mm. playing. Uh, mm. um, but the way Purdue, the way Purdue celebrated when they beat Penn State was like, uh, I just I felt the pain coming out of West Lafayette. Just like the way Isaac Haas is, he got the big smile and he's throwing his arms like harms his chest bumping guys. And like <laughs> we did it, you guys, we beat Penn State at home. Yes, people were calling us the best team in the country, and we just beat Penn State at home. Oh my God, what a season! <laughs> Who's this guy? But that just Eastern. tells you how, how far they fall. Who's the guy Eastern for Purdue uh, that came in? He like shut down Tony Carr in the second half. Yeah, he's just a defense like energy guy. Um, he's impressive. He's, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah he's he's interesting. He, he's 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 rough around the edges. Uh, he, if if you're saying he should be playing more, I, no, I, I think I would I would say you need to watch more Purdue all season. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I just like that no, he I'm, came I'm intrigued in. by I, him I, moving forward. I, I like to have him on the bench where like if they are in the tournament, you know, I'm I'm just thinking about Purdue in the mm-hmm. tournament. If we're in the tournament, and we have Eastern on the bench, and we have a guy like Tony Carr or a Trey Young or someone like that. That's just a, a superior talent that that's really going off, and you just send him out there to basically just like hit him around and rough him up a little bit. Ooh, a glue guy. I like. Are you it. saying a glue guy or an yes. X factor? Yeah, you know, glue guy. Yeah, okay, yes. Classic glue okay. guy. <laughs> um, who, who, what were your honorable mentions? I know you had more. I had that. a lot of honorable mentions. That I, as I was running through, I was just <laughs> looking at some coaches that I think we need to talk about that we haven't talked about a lot. Uh, first up, Josh Pastner. Um, lost five in a row in the ACC. There's a lot of stuff swirling around with his situation at Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, he we talked about it early in the year about the case that he's dealing with. So I think it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I know Pastner was a guy last year was, was the the bell of the ball in the ACC. Then the new rookie, good looking coach that came in um, to to help mm-hmm. save Georgia Tech, and it's not quite working out this year. He lost five in a row, and uh, I don't know. I think that so that's a, that's a guy to keep your eye on as far as a, a random headline that comes up and says Josh Pastner has been let go at Georgia Tech. Um, other guy, little. Richard Pitino. Um, oh my God! Oof. Lost nine in a row, uh, Minnesota. I, I I feel like we talked about them early in the year as a team that would be a little bit of a sleeper in the Big Ten, and they have just fallen off the face of the earth. I don't understand what's really going on there. I don't know if Rick Pitino is is trying to ghost coach 
or something and getting in the way of Little Richard. Uh, but I think that's something to keep an eye on. And then I, the the longest losing streak in the country right now is Chicago State. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them. They've lost 22 straight. And uh, Tracy Dildy, um, I did not know who that was. Wait, what's until- his name? <laughs> Tracy Dildo, um, and he's lost 22 in a row, and I, I just, I didn't know that was possible, so I just wanted to give him a shout out because he deserved it. That's a very good guy move to Speaking lose 22 in a row, be the interim athletic director, and still keep your job because you can't fire yourself. So I liked it. Wait, hold on. So he's the, he's the interim athletic director <laughs> yes. and the head coach. Yes, and they've lost 22 in a row. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> that's called top of the oh food chain, Lord. Mark Titus. They're in Chicago. Here's the thing, though, Tate. They're in Chicago. If they can just start landing some of those Chicago recruits. Yeah, why didn't Anthony Davis go to Chicago State? Why did Jabari not go to Chicago State? They just got Derrick Rose to come to Chicago State. Come yeah. on. I don't, that's all they need. There's uh, talent. Speaking of speaking of losing streaks, you see Grambling. We, we should transition into the bad guy because mm. I'm going to say the honorable mention first. Uh, Grambling State is on – are they leading the country on 11-game winning streak? Yes. I think they have the longest win streak in the country right now. Yes. Grambling State. The Grambling State is the program who, as of even last year – I don't know how good they were last year, but as of last year, when I if I was writing a column and I was trying to think of a joke of a team that was just like literally the worst team in all Division One, I, I would I would always gravitate to Grambling State because they had the year not too long ago where they didn't win a single game all year. They've had years where they win. It feels like they win fewer than five games every year, and they have the longest winning streak in the country, Tate. So that's my honorable mention for my bad guy of the week. I have a little Whoever side story is. about Grambling State from my hometown. I had a lot of like people from my hometown that wanted to play at Grambling that went down there and visited like from our basketball team. Did they re- did they recruit you? <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, they wanted me to be a three-point specialist, but it uh, didn't quite work out. Uh, but guys that would go down there, they would tell me about the football games, that all the games were like fixed and everything, and they were talking about guys betting on the, on the scores at the game, and it was this whole charade. <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest thing ever, just to imagine all these people at Grambling State State, just trying to fix a football game so that's my only story about Grambling State and uh, that's a very bad guy move to be fixing football games at Grambling State How, I'm, I'm sure it's happening yeah. in basketball now so um, good good stuff by Grambling State and, the, and all the bad guys around the world speaking of which do you want to go first with your bad guy or you want me to I'll go first um, this, okay. is, this is a little off the wall bad guy I think yours is better um, this is just a random one I saw my bad guy of the week is the rapper Jay-Z um, Mr. Sean Carter and it's because he did a very bad guy thing, which is dropping $91,000. And I'm going to say that again. Wait, Dro- what? Yeah, wait, what? $91,000 tab Sunday night um, at one specific restaurant in Upper Manhattan. Um, it was for a 50th birthday party for his friend. Um, it was $11,000 in tips. A lot of people were complaining that it was only 15%. I think $11,000 opening you know, 50 bottles is pretty nice. I think that's pretty good coverage for what you did. For- um that is the most bad yeah. guy move I can only imagine. I, I just can't imagine. I, I haven't made $91,000. I've never even thought about having $91,000. And to drop it in one night is the most insane bad guy move ever. And then I also found out that the bottles that he was buying, he owns the company. So this is like a, a, gorilla, a gorilla marketing you know, effort where he... Money laundering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It goes on the ground. Money laundering. He puts out the receipt, and then everyone's like, oh, Jay-Z drops 91000 at the club on these bottles. Maybe I will, too, because that's cool. And in anyway, he's spending money to make money. That's a very bad guy thing to do, and that's why Jay-Z's my bad guy of the week. It's money laundering, no question about it. He has <laughs> dirty money. He's got to get the money to his company, so he buys. he takes the money, buys the bottles. The profits go to the company. 
That's incredible. Eleven thousand dollar tip. So the so the 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 bottle service person. I don't know what you call them. Waitress, bottle person. Uh, we'll um, we'll call her a waitress. Waitress. Uh, her name they, was Dehana. Oh, Dehana. So she she gets a bucket of ice. She puts bottles in the ice and she walks it over and hands it to Jay Z. And then she gets eleven thousand dollars. Am I understanding this right? Yes. <laughs> My God. Genius. That's incredible. So I just want to let you know that I think I am quitting the podcast. I am going up to Upper Manhattan and I'm applying to be a waiter. Yes. You're just going to be, yeah. I'm going to go for it. Delivering bottles. Not even a waiter. Not even like, can I take your order? It's just like, yeah, I'm going to go back and grab these bottles and put them in ice and then come back and that's it. I'm not going to, yeah. They they, they didn't even get food, did they? No. It was strictly bottles. This is all a liquid diet. $91,000. So here's the question. Here's the question for for the longtime listeners who heard like one of the early one shining podcast when I was talking about my dinner in LA. Um, did they, did everyone at the table have to split the tab or did, did Jay-Z pick it up or what? I think Jay-Z picked it up solely. I, I can only imagine if we had done that in Los Angeles, we definitely would have had to split the tab and uh, you know, yep. it's like, all right guys, it'll, it'll be, be uh, 3,500 for the tip. <laughs> <laughs> can you guys just Venmo me? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> imagine if you only I had really, like two I, glasses of rosé and that's what you had to pay. I really want to name names from that story too. One of these days I'm going to. One of these days we're going to do a pod, and I'm just going to. I'm going to have a little something to drink before we come on, and I'm just going to start throwing people under the bus. Well, but today is not that day. We should have the culprit on the podcast. We should. Yeah, we really should. We'll, he would, he we'll would be blindside a good podcast him. Guest, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. blindside him. Just complete. Yeah. Make, make him think we're going to talk to him about something completely. He different. He doesn't listen, which is the best just, part. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, so. You picked Jay-Z. I mm. thought you were going to pick a different Jay. I thought maybe you would pick Jay Wright, um, who got the commitment from the five-star guy. Who, what was his name? The the point guard kid. The yeah. Keenerly? Quinterly? Yeah, Quinter- yeah I don't know how to say it, Quinterly but yeah. He's from, he, he was apparently supposed to go there the whole time until... But whatever, yeah. He committed there. Five-star guy. Um, I actually just... They just did a big ESPN story on Jay Wright. Did you see this? About like how Villanova is the best program of the past five years and how signing Ryan Archidiakono was the reason that turned the program around. Uh, Echefu and Archidiakono. Um, and, and they had this huge transition over the past four years. And now they're the, the winningest program in, in uh, college basketball over the past five years. It was a great article. Jay Wright was awesome. And he said that he wanted to tone down his tailored suits. That was like the big revelation in the story. Story, mm. that he didn't want to be too loud you know he didn't want to be a bad guy he didn't want to look like a bad guy um so i think he might end up being a good guy he, when it's all said and done he 100 percent looks like a bad guy mm-hmm. and i don't it, he, i think that's why he's so it down. handsome he's so handsome he gets away with it but if he was 20 percent less handsome every i mean the, the bad guy radar would just be going off with people but they're just like no that's you know jay Wright. he just looks handsome but he's got the he's got the pocket handkerchief the pinstripes puts the product in his hair I've told you a million times, Tate, the more product you have in your hair, the bigger bad guy you are. Um, <laughs> As this is, tradition. This is science. It's, 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 it's proven fact. But Jay Wright gets away with it because he's so damn handsome. People are just like, no, he, he couldn't possibly. My Jay Wright? No. What? He also scoffed um, at the thought of buying a suit uh, in the store. He was like, I only do tailored suits, which I thought was a pretty bad guy move. I don't blame him. I don't, I don't blame, blame him either. You he's think, making you think, millions. You think Jay Wright, like... Yeah, you think he's going to men's warehouse and getting like a buy one get get three free? Jay Rice not doing that. Get out of here. Mm. My bad guy of the week is also a rapper though. Um, <laughs> who would have thought? A man by the name. This is actually surprising. I'm picking Drake, who dropped the greatest bag the the, the greatest bag drop maybe in the history of bag drops. With and you're gonna have to help me through this tape because I am not a rap guy. Um, 
Mm. The video was called God's Plan, I believe. Yes. And he comes on. I watched it. I, I, So I was on Twitter, and I see God's Plan as the number one trending topic. And I, honest to God, thought it was going to be an attack of, like, Joel Christians Osteen. in some way. that like, like <laughs> Yeah, like an attack of Joel Osteen. And, like, yeah, I, I was like, oh, God. I, and I don't know why I clicked on it. I was like, I like I, I did, like, a, a deep breath. And I was like, all right, prepare myself for this. I'm going in. And I clicked on it. And then it was the exact opposite of what I anticipated. It actually was a great thing. And so I watch this video. Drake gets a budget of like a million dollars, and he spends the entire budget just dropping bags for people in Florida. He was in like Miami. In right? Miami, yeah, yeah, just just buying people. He's walking up to people, literally handing them stacks of cash. He's going to grocery stores, saying buy whatever you want. He's buying cars. He's it was incredible. It was it was it was amazing. And I don't listen to rap like I said. I don't know. I I from what I understand from picking up the the cultural being on basically just being on Twitter and seeing people make memes and shit. Drake is apparently like a punchline. People think Drake makes like shitty rap songs. Yeah, he's is corny. It, do I have this right? Yes. He's corny? Yes. I like the guy. Does that make mm. me corny, Tate? That's what I'm worried about no. because I'm going to I'm doing the I'm doing the thing that like people did with Tim Tebow where it's like I don't even I don't even care about how good of a player he was. I'm going to always support him because he's a great man. He's That's a good man. That's how I feel about Drake. It, yes. It's Drake, by the way, is Drake like a good guy? Is this just like a, is this a one-time thing? Like, does he have like a shitty past that I don't know about and now I'm going to be his fan? I need, I, I have so many questions about Drake. No, he, he's always been a good guy. But but the the whole thing is he's tried to be like a tough guy. You know, he's tried to be like a quote Oh, so that's gangster, why he's corny. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's corny, so that's why he's, he's, corny. When he's, he's like, like I'll, yeah. I'll pop you in the street. And you're like, Drake, you're on the grass. I got you. So a lot of people you. were upset oh, well, about that. Well, listen, I'm I'm a washed up 30 year old who lives in the suburbs of Central Ohio. So Drake is right. It sounds like he's right up my alley when it comes and, to rap. And music. honestly, you're his target demo. Like that's who he wants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! He's like perfect. They'll have children in a few years. They'll listen to my songs, and I have another generation. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I'm a Drake fan now. I'm gonna have to go listen. To, I'm gonna. I'm gonna find out that his music actually. I don't. I, don't, I, I can't wait until music, next week. You come in. And you're whatever. like Tate. I heard this song started from the bottom. Boy, did it pump me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna recognize. I'm probably gonna recognize a lot of because I, I know that they. I, I know I recognize his voice. So I'm probably gonna recognize mm. a lot of the songs that they play in like uh, in arenas and in, during commercials and all that shit. Of like, course, I know who the guy is. Of course, to me, he's he, he he's always been to me like Kevin Hart, except. Not as in your face. He's not a part of everything like Kevin Hart is. But I always see Drake around on on award shows and NBA games and stuff. But I don't know anything about the guy. But anyway, yeah, Kevin time Kevin Hart is so. the comedian Drake. You know, he just wants to be involved in the sports scene. He wants everyone to know that he's cool. He wants to know that everyone's his friend. You know, it's cool. It works out. And that was a great video because um, just people getting money, like just watching people be happy because they've been given money with no strings attached. Is a beautiful thing. It always works. People always enjoy it, and everyone has a good time. And it, it like tugged at the heartstrings a little bit, which is good. It's a uh, I've I've always sort of had like that dropping dream. a bag. I'm, a, I'm I'm a great person, so I've always wanted to do that. I've always said, well, as soon as someone gives me a million dollars, I'm going to take all of it and just hand I'm it a out. Great to people. person. So um, <laughs> good. It was you know I feel like I vicarious you know I'm vicariously living through Drake, and I honestly I feel like I kind of we all with that because like that was. That was an idea that I had, and now that Drake did it for me, I kind of don't have to do it. Um, so just that was another reason I really like the video. Yeah, <laughs> just say that you blogged about um, it five years ago, and now Drake stole it from you. 
Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've always had the idea to just give people money. That's it. <laughs> Did I ghostwrite the God's Plan video? He, uh. he straight up. By the way, he, he just like straight up gave people stacks of cash just out in broad daylight. Yes. I would be nervous as shit. Like it'd be, it'd be really exciting. But at the same time, I would be nervous as shit that I just got handed twenty thousand dollars of cash. And everybody saw it. And uh, hey, I don't know. Hey, not about that. Anyway. What what about the eighteen billion people that watch it on YouTube and know where you live and saw yeah, you get true. all this money? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and saw and saw a video of your children, yeah. your young children that they can kidnap and <laughs> hold for ransom. Um Yeah, wait a God's second, playing. Drake. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second, Drake. You're not a good person after all. <laughs> we should just make the sequel to this no, video cool. and just see what happens. Uh it was great. Yeah. Should we do any honorable um, mentions for the bad guys? Well, we have one honorable mention, but I want to save it. I okay. want to save it for a deeper discussion. So uh, let's move on to our Kyle Guy update. Uh, huge update. Huge news in the world of Kyle Guy. The man has been is engaged, Tate. He proposed to his girlfriend that he's been dating since, I believe, eighth grade. Wow. My, my sources can confirm. Um, it was a lot of years. As he as he like he put he, out a whole post and he was like, it's like been eight years together. I was like, how old did when did they meet when they were in the crib? He did the move where he had someone else there for the proposal to take mm-hmm. the pictures to make it look like it was sort of a candid thing and like they were in the woods or something. <laughs> He's a man but of the obviously woods. Obviously it was playing Man of the Woods. There you go. Uh so he had like his buddy taking the pictures. Uh but Kyle Guy, he's now engaged. He did it also the, the the thing, the low key thing that I liked the most about this move was Virginia has eight days off. Yep. They, they played Miami last Tuesday and they played tomorrow and they've so they've had like basically more than a week off. And this is when Kyle Guy chose to propose because he didn't want any distractions. He's the best player on the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't be distracted. However, I do love you, so I'm <laughs> going to propose to you. But you got to be out of your damn mind if you think I'm going to propose to you yeah. on a two-day turnaround. I'm not I'm not doing that. Not when I got game film to watch. But he did it on a bye week, so um, savvy move there. I like it because Kyle Guy is now engaged. he's now engaged. And this is the year where he's going to be first-team All-ACC. He's probably what would you say the most well-known player? I mean, I'm not gonna we're not gonna take credit for it, but he's probably the most well-known player on that Virginia team this year. Um, oh yeah, one he absolutely 100 percent is. I think Devin Hall has an argument for being better. Yeah. Um, but Kyle Guy, like you and I, have made Kyle Guy a star. Let's just let's just <laughs> cut straight to the chase. We again, if we're talking about credit that we deserve, we deserve everything that Kyle Guy has gotten in his life. Mm. Yes, we we deserve we we should be invited to the wedding. I'm going to say that Tate, you and I should be invited. I wish I was the guy taking the pictures. That's what I wanted. I wanted to get invited to that. <laughs> if I had to guess, it's his mom. It's usually like a fa- it's usually either the girl's mom or the guy's mom or you know one or the other that's out there taking those pictures because they're all about the love. Um, I just thought it was interesting that this is like the the prime of his career. This is the highlight, and he decided to go all the way in. It's sort of like when you win a bowl game and you propose to the cheerleader, you know? You're like, I've reached this pinnacle mm-hmm. moment in sports, and now I want to celebrate with my significant other. I think he did a little too early. I wish he would have done it after the ACC is tournament. That, ooh. I, I like where you're going with this. So you're saying that Virginia's in trouble now because even Kyle Guy could sense that this is the pinnacle of Virginia's season, right? Yes. Right? This moment He's like, we're, we're right number now. one in the nation, first time since 1982, back-to-back weeks. I gotta get engaged while while the going's good, you know. I, I gotta oh let her know. You, wow, wow! You just uh, Virginia fans are panicking. <laughs> Kyle guy doesn't even have confidence. In the his panic own meter team just to went to it. seven. Wow, interesting. Um, he's engaged though. Congrats to Kyle guy. Congrats, congrats Kyle to guy. Mrs. Congrats to the future Mrs. Guy. Um, just big news all around for Virginia. As we said, haven't played, so we don't have any updates on the court for Kyle guy, but we do have. Uh, 
the off the court. Obviously, a huge development. What, um, what's the heck? Kyle's guy? Yeah, let's do Kyle's guy. Oh, Kyle, do you have Kyle? Did you do your research? Did you do your homework? I We're did. gonna try this. We're gonna try this. One, like, don't blow it. Don't don't overdo it here. <laughs> Please don't, say uh, Trey Young. <laughs> God damn it! Just. We're uh, going to give you 10 seconds. Go, Kyle. Uh, well, this should be the people at the dark room who put on the game so that Kyle's guy could be Javon Carter of West Virginia. I watched that game, uh, West Virginia, Kansas. Um, I could tell it wasn't his best game, but I had a lot of fun watching him. So there you go. Boom. <laughs> nice. Way to go, Kyle. What do you think, guys? That's very, Kyle, that's very Kyle, good. Producer Kyle, is the, uh, producer Kyle is the one guy in America who has not gotten sick of Javon Carter at this point. <laughs> it was the first time we watched him play. He's like, this guy Every, this every other hard person. Yeah. <laughs> Did you Every know other person's like, God, be, though? You knew you did this so you could I know, make that's fun what's of me. funny. That's, that's, why that's, what, <laughs> that's why it's funny. Every other person's like, Javon Carter's been playing college basketball for 30 years. And Kyle's like, hey, who's this young kid on West Virginia? <laughs> He's balding a little bit. He looks bit. like the oldest guy on the team. So. Yes. <laughs> that's why you respect him. He's a veteran. That was good. That was good. That was, that was a good, that was a good uh, input there, Kyle. What else we got? Do we, do we need to take a break? All right, we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about uh, Javon Carter's hairline when we come back. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, ourselves. We're promoting ourselves at our own mid-roll. It's beautiful. Uh, Titus is coming. Bad guys of the week. Bad guys of the week. That's us. Uh, Titus is coming out to LA February 28th, Wednesday. He'll be out here. We're going to be doing a full-on sprint to the finish line as far as the coverage leading into March Madness. We'll have tons of podcasts, maybe video. We're doing an, uh, we're doing an award show. That's going to be fun. Yep. We're doing Giving a- out awards. Yeah, Giving so out good you- guy of the year, bad guy of the year. Yep. Keep going. Is that all we have? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do. We'll do Coach K Disciple of the Year. Uh, how about Redshirt Junior of the Year? Because a lot of people mm. like to do like the best freshman, the best senior. Mm. What about like Redshirt Juniors? Which uh, I'm trying to think of like who is a red. Oh, you know who is one? Uh, K Debates Diop is one. I, I bet he he'd be a good candidate to win that one. Wow. Um, just awards like that. I love it. Uh, and that's all happening out in LA. Uh, we're talking about a little bit of the three on three tournament that we mentioned before, and uh, we also want to plug NBA draft class on Fridays. Uh, Kevin O'Connor, Jonathan Charks. It's a podcast. They talk about all these uh, these guys. If you want to hear actual NBA talk, other than us just making fun of the NBA, that happens on Fridays. They break down all the guys coming in. Uh, and I will say, it's Mikel Bridges, guys. Mikel Bridges. And all right, we're back. Javon Carter leads the country in steals, uh, and he's also 34 years old. That was for you, Kyle. Uh, we got to talk about a team. He that, stole Kyle's heart. That's one steal. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kyle. Got. That was rude of me. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. Um, Duke played Clemson this weekend. It was Clemson's first home loss of the season. Duke was ecstatic about it. Duke is now a top five team once again in the nation. Everyone is back on Duke. Jumped seven spots. Seven spots, folks. Back to number five in the nation. We know there was a lot of uh, a lot of losses at the top. Obviously, Clemson was number 11 in the nation um, when Duke beat them at home. So that was why they got the big bump, of course. Um, but now we're in a situation with this Duke team where Grayson Allen looks like he's found his footing a little bit. Uh, and I don't mean that as a joke. I mean that as he is back to playing basketball and kicking the ball when he needs to stop a fast break. Um, and they're now in this weird situation where Marvin Bagley has not played in a while. And Are you- say it. You got to say it. No, you say it. I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll say it so you don't look like the Duke hater. Yes. Is Duke better without Marvin Bagley? Mm. Mm. It- Defensively. Hmm. Yes. Defensively, yes. Not even a question. Defensively, yes. They are much better defensively. Here's the better question. Here's a better question I think is more interesting because I think if you're going to say Duke's better without Marvin Bagley, yeah, you're probably an idiot. Um, But (laughs) the more interesting question is, is Grayson Allen happier without Marvin Bagley? Does, does Grayson Allen want Marvin Bagley to come back is my question to you, Tate. 
No. If you ask Grayson Allen right now, do you want Marvin Bagley to come back? No. His answer is no. And, yeah. and now we're in back-to-back seasons where we've had Grayson versus the premier talent that is a freshman, right? Like last year we had Grayson versus Tatum, a guy that would play his position and basically was taking his shots away from him and was better at it. And now we have Grayson versus Bagley. And the philosophy of Duke basketball changes when Bagley's on Grayson the court. Grayson versus Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Grayson versus Brandon. Yeah, Grayson. <laughs> Grayson has literally been in a war for the basketball, this Duke basketball program. He's been fighting for Duke basketball the entire time he's been there. Uh, it worked his freshman year when he had Quinn Cook by his side, a guy that is Duke true and true. Um, but now we're in this weird spot where I don't know what is going on with Bagley. I don't know if it's real I don't know if it's I've heard a lot of rumblings out of Duke camp um out of from from some Duke sources some dark blue sources that I have that Bagley's not going to play until the ACC tournament which I find very surprising I thought that he would come back for this Hmm. Clemson game because it's a big national primetime game against a top 15 team in Clemson a game that you know they didn't have quite the quite the guys down low and I thought that he could have a big breakout game and just keep more eyeballs on him but apparently he's content with the eyeballs he has and that's what I brought up the Trey Young thing earlier these one-and-done guys, when they know that they're going to be a top-five pick, when they are assured that they're going to be chosen early on in the NBA draft, their priorities shift. And I think Bagley Ooh. is – I think they're dealing with that. I think Kay's having to deal with that. And it's sort of like Bagley's biting the hand that fed him a little bit now with this Duke situation. He, he's taken advantage of the national primetime spotlight and obviously made the most of it. He's been amazing. If, if it ended two weeks ago, Marvin Bagley is probably the ACC Player of the Year – and probably top three to be national player of the year. And now him missing all these games, I think that has to take him a little bit out of a con- out of contention for this sort of stuff. It's also made Wendell Carter look unbelievable. I mean, he looks like he is now the premier guy on this team uh, in the post for Duke. So I, I don't really know what's going to go on. I think it's going to be weird when Bagley comes back trying to find you know the identity of their team because they do look better without Bagley as a team. Not saying that they are better without Bagley, but they look like more... Together, they obviously talk more on defense. Um, I don't know. There, there's a weird position, and and Duval, Duval's another guy that they uh, have had some some questions about him wanting to sit out too. Apparently, so I mean, I don't know. I think I think Duke's in this weird situation now where they've they've obviously relied on these young one and done guys, and now we're not really sure what that looks like in the future because. Uh, I mean, the ACC tournament, maybe the, the next time we see Marvin Bagley, which will be really sad for college basketball, but it's almost what you sort of expect with this sort of stuff now. I, I don't know. I mean, am I crazy to say that? Am I buying into the hype that he's going to sit out and he's going to be back next week and everything's going to be fine? I need to hear your your theory as to why. Like, you, I, I need it more fleshed out than just uh, what you've presented so far. I need I need more juicy details with this. Like, you gotta you got to add another layer to it other than just – that Marvin Bagley's playing for the name on the back of his jersey instead of the D on his chest. Um, cause I, I want I want like I I basically Tate, people come to you for the, the best Duke conspiracies and and we what we need we need you to, to loop in the FBI stuff in some way. We need you to loop in like <laughs> I like I, I liked your take when you said that Carolina that that he they're faking the knee injury because they lost to Carolina and now that way they can like retroactively say we didn't actually lose to Carolina because Marvin Bagley hurt his knee and was playing through pain. Well, of course. Um, well, that that that's, was that's, that's what exactly what they said. That, that's not even that's not a conspiracy. That's exactly a hundred percent what they put out there. They said that Bagley got but hurt no, in I, the first half against North Carolina. He played 
20 minutes in the second half, but somehow that, that held him back from playing well against North Carolina, and that has now, in turn, held him out. I think as far as a conspiracy th- to, the, to the connection between the two places, we got to talk about a bunch of yahoos now. we got to talk about the main yahoo in college basketball, and that could be Coach K. And we got to talk about that press this conference. Is what, this is what I was waiting for you to get to, Tate. Because Marvin Bagley, to me, the, the, real, the real story is probably just that Marvin Bagley tweaked his knee. He realizes he's, he's about to make millions and millions of dollars and be a top three pick. And he's just like, I, I don't see the point in risking it against Georgia Tech and Pitt and Boston College, whoever whoever else they have on their schedule. That's like, I don't really see the point in doing this when I might as well just save myself for when this actually matters. We're not winning the ACC. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. We already beat – or they didn't beat North Carolina, but we already have like – well, they did beat North Carolina because Bagley couldn't play. And we all know that if Bagley <laughs> played at 100%, they would have beat North Carolina. So they did already beat North Carolina. It, he doesn't need to be back for that game. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I buy into that. But but this is why I wanted you to add an extra layer to it. So go in on your Yahoo thing. Ex- explain to the people what happened with Coach K in the Clemson post game. Okay, so every single ACC coach has been asked uh, at the big programs, whether it's NC State, whether it's Roy Williams in North Carolina, and then Coach K gets asked after the Clemson game. They ask him about the Yahoo report that we touched on last week. We didn't go in too much detail um, on the whole thing, but they asked him uh, about the Pete Thamel story, and he says, I haven't followed it. I've been in, my, I've been in a tunnel. Been in a cave with my own team. Not up to up to date on it. So I I have to apologize. And when you say these things, like <laughs> I have been so in a tunnel, I'm in a cave. These are the things that I believe that goes on at Duke University. I believe that there is actually a cave in Coach K's office, and I'm sure there are tunnels. And you know that sounds scary in the first place. <laughs> but then take <laughs> taking a step further, I mean. What an answer. And, and he goes, and then he goes on and goes, well, you know, back in my day, we used to just call people that were dumb yahoos. So he like, not only does he does he shit on the story, he then shits on the outlet, the Yahoo sports outlet. Yeah. I mean, by calling them a bunch of yahoos. This is the greatest deflection that you could ever see. I mean, this is not what Kevin Keats did. Kevin Keats took it head on and said, you know, uh, we are what he said. We are one hundred percent not involved in this. When they were talking about the FBI case, that was Kevin Keats's response. And then you look at the other side of what Kay said. He deflects. He demeans, and he basically makes you feel dumb for asking the question. Which what does that hmm. what does that allude to? Holy shit! I'm freaking out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Kevin. By the way, I love that Kevin Keats uh, said we're one hundred percent clean, and he's been at the he's been at the program for like six months now. <laughs> no, but the, the, like, I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you, North Carolina State has not cheated. Mark Godfrey's like, uh, Kevin, don't say that, Kevin. He has a voicemail from Godfrey. He's like, hey, man, I know I got fired and everything, but you better chill out with those comments. You better not say 100% in anything. There's no certainty here. Um, but I, I just couldn't believe that Kay's, Kay responded in that way. And that that's sort of yeah. Kay, Kay's, Kay's way of responding to people asking him things. You could see this with the Suleiman case a few years ago. He doesn't go on the defensive. He goes on the offensive. He comes back at you for asking a question. He makes you feel stupid for, right. for even being there in the first place or being a part of the media. He makes you feel small, which is a great way to do it because it demoralizes you and makes you feel like you're an idiot, um, <laughs> which is great. And I really like that and respect that. But in this situation, that's my approach to podcasting. That's how I approach <laughs> podcasting with you, by the way. I, and I appreciate that's, it. And I think that's, that's why we get along so yeah. well. It's a, it's a nice dichotomy between the two. I just can't believe that he did this knowing that it's going to go around. Everyone's going to see this video clip. And I, I don't think anyone's yeah. talking about it, honestly. I haven't seen enough people talk about it. It was crazy. We're here to talk about it. If you have not seen the video, just go to Twitter. Uh, it's, it was the Clemson post game thing. 
Tate and I love making a mountain out of a molehill when it comes to Duke. Yes. But this actually did this actually did look bad. Like all stick aside, this was a very bad answer. And I'm not saying he's guilty of anything. I'm not saying this is permissible in court and that Kay should get cuffs thrown on him. Tate Tate might be saying that. Um <laughs> I I'm told not, you I'm, I'm doing an independent that. investigation on my own. I'll let you know but, what I find. But it was it was very bizarre to watch him answer like that. To not just be like, no, we didn't pay anybody. What are you talking about? We I, I saw that and he pretended like he didn't see the report. Like this is literally the only story in college basketball. It's this and Trey Young. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. The, like this season, there are no great teams. There's not a lot of interesting shit happening. People are not like people are everyone's just kind of basically waiting for the tournament to start because uh, like you and I talked about like the conference races aren't what they used to be. Um, in, in terms of importance to people, it, it's basically Trey Young and the FBI stuff, and that's it. That's the story. And for Kay to be up there and be like, "Oh, I, what, what are you talking about? The FBI? What? 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 Hey, bullshit, dude! <laughs> you, don't don't act like you don't know the story. Just what you have to do is just be like, yeah, I saw the report, and it, yeah, we have nothing to do with it. I'm fine. Like, say what Roy to his credit. Whether I don't know if Roy did is cheating or not, but Roy was like, no, I sleep fine at night. I didn't do anything. Yeah, Roy, Roy's, you know, that, that, Roy's that's the answer you want. Yeah, Roy's quote was like, when the phone rings at night, I'm not worried about it. Which is, right, you know, that, yeah. that's not saying, that's not going 100% Kevin Keats, which is like, you can't really come back from saying we're 100% not involved, because then if right. you are, <laughs> you pretty much have to live by those words. But I to, to, to keep, did to, not have sex <laughs> with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. <laughs> come on. Yeah, we're just, <laughs> we're worried that someone's going to find the dress, and, uh, and then we're going to have to answer some real questions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, uh, Duke Duke is back for now. Grayson has scored. Grayson Allen has scored twenty five points, twenty three points, and nineteen points in his three games without Bagley. Mm-hmm. And don't forget Tate, uh, thirty seven against Michigan State earlier in the year when Bagley went out against Michigan State, like early in that game. Um, yeah, Duke is back. Beat Clemson. They jumped seven spots in the AP poll. Um, so we the other the other game of note that was very interesting and probably the game of the week in terms of. The, the two teams playing each other, the seeding. Yeah, three versus uh, four. Or, or like the, the the ranking, all that kind of stuff. But it turned out not to be that great of a game because it turned out to be more of the same. And I'm talking about Villanova-Xavier and how Villanova has now won 10. I saw this on Twitter. I, don't, I didn't do the fact-checking myself. I'm too lazy to do that. But I saw apparently Villanova has won 10 of the 11 games they've played Xavier in the Big East by an average margin of 18.4 points per game. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's so bad. That's so bad. I don't understand how Xavier... At, at this point, I feel like... Th- they were saying it on the broadcast of the Xavier-Villanova game that like it's sort of in Xavier's head at this point. That yeah. They just they they go into games against Villanova and they know there's no way we can beat this team. It just can't happen. And it sort of makes sense because they play very similar styles, Xavier and Villanova. I was going to say, Villanova they, they, seems they, like the 1A to Xavier's 1B with the way yeah. that, with the type of guys that they recruit, which is like the gritty, hard-nosed kids that you know develop over time within the program. Chris Mack is like a little less of a version of Jay Wright as far as a coach and the way he handles you know himself on the sideline. It, it all sort of, it's all, it's all sort of even-keeled until you get to the point that Villanova is just the better version of Xavier a lot of the time. Right. So how is Xavier ever going to beat Villanova when they're playing the exact same way and Villanova is always going to be Xavier's trying to be Villanova, and you can't be Villanova better than Villanova mm-hmm. is Villanova. Tate. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, I, I mean, there's really not much to take away from that game other than like Villanova's back. I, 
I'm, I'm sort of worried about Villanova. I've, I've made this point before. Like you and I have, have both been high on them. We famously went on the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal and said they're the best bet in college basketball going into the season to win the national title in terms of the odds and all that kind of stuff. Thirty to one, right? Um, yeah. So Crazy. we love. I, I like Villanova a lot. Um, I've been concerned about the three point shooting that they just rely on on threes too much. That's kind of who they are at this point. They shoot forty five percent from the three point line or something. It's absurd. Their offense is incredible. So I'm not really telling the stop shooting it's more of just like a warning to Villanova fans and to people in general like don't have the rug pulled out from under you when March Madness rolls around and Villanova goes four for 26 from the three-point line and they lose and you're like how the hell did that happen um because I sort of am worried that that is their destiny but uh yeah just against Xavier they're fine (laughs) as long as they play Xavier they'll be fine I I uh I'm all in on Villanova I think that they are the best team in the country. I think Virginia's number two, uh, and I think Michigan State's number three, and I think Kansas is number four. I think those are our top four seeds right now. So I, I think this week. Well, weekend, let's talk about Kansas. Yeah, please. Let's talk about the Kansas game. We already we already went into the Oklahoma game a little bit. Uh, the other game that was like a better game was West Virginia, who got up. I want to say twelve in the second half. It maybe wasn't that high. It's, it's the Bob Huggins special. We get a big lead. It was yeah, and then we can't hold it because we play an up tempo pressing style. And it's hard to play a lead when you play like that. And Kansas, once again... And we again, shoot 27 threes a game. Yeah. Oh, my God. And and Kansas, what do they score? 17 straight points, right? And the, like, down the stretch with, like, 17... Yeah. Well, like, seven minutes left, they scored 17 straight to get the win. Um, and then Bob Huggins gets tossed in this one, which is great. It, it's so funny to see the difference between when Bill Self came to West Virginia, to Morgantown earlier this year, and we obviously talked about the... Uh, giving him the pullover, you know, giving him the Bob Huggins pullover, mm-hmm. Bill Self the Bob Huggins pullover. And you could tell, I think, Huggins thought he was going to win that game because they should have won last year, and then they blow it. And then you go into Lawrence, Kansas, they get up in this game. It looks like everything's going to work out. West Virginia looks like a better team. And then Bob Huggins just loses his mind. Like, he finally just snapped. Like, I think he was planning to be cordial when they came to town to Morgantown. Yeah. And then this time he just actually snapped. But he had a reason, right? I mean, 35 free throws to two free throws, that was the most ridiculous well, difference in the world. Hold on. Hold on. So I didn't watch this game live. I DVR'd it. I was I was busy during the game and I saw everyone going nuts about the free throw thing. And I went back and watched it. I actually didn't think it was that bad. Well, they didn't drive. Because, like, if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, West Virginia didn't drive. They shot 26 threes. Yes. They, I, I kept waiting. I mean, and, and by the way, they, they were calling fouls on Kansas. Kansas got called for some ticky tack fouls. Like they, they got called off the ball. There were like two possessions in a row. They get called for bumping a cutter and then. Uh, the Ukraine maker crowds, I think Miles had the ball. He he gets up and Miles, uh, the ball handler, and just kind of like has a hand check on him. And they call that like back-to-back possessions. I actually didn't think it was too bad. K- like West Virginia was just jacking threes. They got a lead. And Kansas was banging it inside to Azabuke. Yep. Um, they were driving. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I understand. It, it felt to me like something that Huggins got upset. As you said, I think Huggins was rattled by the whole history of Kansas doing this to him. The whole Allen Fieldhouse was like rocking. He's watching his team piss away a lead that they had no business pissing away. And he just kind of snapped at the end. And then West Virginia fans see that. They feed off of that. They're like, our coach is mad. Ipso facto, I'm mad. Um, So why should I be mad? Let's talk about these calls. Oh, uh, and and then they looked at the free throw, and then they got upset about it. Like after they kind of got to that point. Like Because if you actually watch the game as it was unfolding, it never really felt to me like a one-sided affair. The refs were... Yeah, particularly egregious with their calls because they were still calling fouls on Kansas. They were just off the ball. They were um, 
you know, loose ball fouls, whatever. It also, they weren't shooting fouls because West yeah. Virginia wasn't driving. It also seemed like one of those things, too, where you have an assistant coach a lot of times if you're hugging, like guys just like little, little tidbits, little notes and stuff. And, you know, someone gave him the differential like 35 to 2, and then he heard that and he just literally lost his mind. Because I think that, like, to know that, you know, you're it's a little one sided in the free throw differential, but just to hear yeah. that number. I think that will just drive you crazy yeah. no matter what the situation is. Obviously, you know, West Virginia wasn't going to the basket. That's why they're not getting the the, the calls and going to the line and everything. But, I mean, that difference, just a 33. It's, it's bad. <laughs> it's yeah, crazy. It's, well, to to be fair, it should have been 35 to 3, but Miles uh, had a lane violation on his own free throw yes, attempt. that's where right. he shot it and then took off running. So it, it wasn't quite as bad, folks. It was actually 35 to 3. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, th- there's no mandate in a in a – referee handbook that's like the the foul the free throws must be even or anything like that i mean i don't know what the 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 last call was sort of up 50 50 call where where i I think it was miles drove might have been carter um and got sort of hip checked by azabuki that's what got huggins eventually tossed Mm -hmm. that one was bad but like other than that i was watching the game like i don't i don't understand what the problem is here uh, west virginia got a big lead they they started jacking threes like they always do because they shoot like I seriously think they shoot like 24, 25 threes a game. Um, and they just didn't get calls because you're not going to get calls when you're just out there jacking threes. So I don't know. Especially now um, in but Kansas to to the to the Kansas side of it though, um, I have been a I've been anti Kansas all year because I just haven't really felt this team. There's just I, the, the, their guards feel too small. They shoot too many threes. I don't really think they play that great a defense to to make up for sort of those lulls in offense where they just kind of go on on one and jack threes. Um but in saying that, I've sort of re, I'm, I'm willing to revisit Kansas in, in the context of college basketball as a whole because yeah. I think like I made up my mind on Kansas early in the season and I was like, that is not a good team. But then as we progress through the season, I've realized there are no good teams and Kansas might actually be one of the best teams after all, if that makes sense, Tate. Yes. So it does. That's exactly I'm, how I'm slowly I feel. Coming back around, I think that we. I don't actually like Kansas. Yeah. It's just I I like him more than all other teams at this point. I think. I think we kept thinking that we were going to get like a top tier of teams, which I mean, to a certain extent, we do have, and I think Kansas is a part of that. But it's just we can see all the flaws in the top teams, and we we've seen them be bad, and we understand why they can lose. And I think that's different than most years. And Kansas is one of those teams where. I mean, if you have to do the hack a doke, and you know you have to rely on LeGerald Vic to play the four, you know, and you have to rely on Devonte Graham shooting, you know, out of his ass from three. <laughs> those, you know, those are all the right. holes in their team. But all, all of a sudden, you know, you watched them play Oklahoma last night, and they look like world beaters. I mean, they just blew them out. There was not even a question. So I don't know. I think Kansas is locked up uh, a one seed at this point. If all things stand, it looks like they're going to be able to get fourteen straight titles. Um, they're officially going to be the Kansas Conference. Um, Texas Tech lost too, so I don't know. I, I think Kansas is on top of the world right now in the Big Twelve. So give them credit. I would agree. Um, just a couple other games I want to mention very quickly, and then we'll go to shoutouts. Uh, Wichita State won at Cincinnati. Um, Two great back-to-back quick, wins for Wichita State, by the way. Two quality wins. Yeah, Wichita State's coming back. Uh, Cincinnati, I, I can't say it enough. I was led to believe the Cincinnati team was going to be different. I was led to believe they are going to be good on offense, <laughs> and they were still going to play great defense. This is literally the exact same Cincinnati team that Mick Cronin has had for the last like 15 years. <laughs> It's frustrated as hell that I, I, every time I go to watch Cincinnati, I'm like, oh yeah, this team's going to be different. This is going to be, and they're not different. This this team this year is the exact same, which is which is a good team. They're a good team. They they deserve to be ranked in the top ten, I think. Um, but I'm not excited about Cincinnati, and and 
this game against Wichita State was proof why. And then Michigan beat Ohio State. We don't need to talk about that, but we will say uh, it was fun while it lasted, Tate, that Ohio had three teams in the top eight. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten had three teams in the top eight. Mm-hmm. And then since that time, Ohio State has lost twice now. Cincinnati lost at home. Xavier lost at home. Purdue lost at Wisconsin. <laughs> so there was a brief moment in time where I was like, oh, God, the Big Ten and the state of Ohio both are the epicenter of college basketball. And it's gone. And it's gone. Let's do some shout-outs and then wrap this thing up. Let's do it. Uh, first one for me, uh, I want to shout-out to Mitch Kupchak, GM, future GM of the Charlotte Hornets. There was no one in the world that thought that Mitch Kupchak should ever get a job in the NBA other than the greatest of all time, Mr. Michael Jordan, a guy that somehow will never change his opinion on things. And Luke May looks like he will be drafted to the Charlotte Hornets next year. Mitch Kupchak <laughs> has been at literally every Carolina basketball game at home this year. Um, I just want to shout out Luke May. You're going to be a first-round pick. Congratulations, Congrats, buddy. Luke. I can't wait to buy your jersey. Uh, it's going to be fun. That's my first shout-out. Um, I want to. G- <laughs> That's hilarious. Too much NBA talk, Tate. Calm it down. Um <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Katie Nolan, who wore, mm. I don't know if you saw this, Tate, big, big time moment for the Club Trillion brand. She wore the Club Trill shirt to coach in the Celebrity All-Star game, which if I can, you know, just real quickly say, I should be in that game, Tate. I, uh, the, I should be in that game. The exact same thing that I thought when I saw the shirt. I was like, why are you going to have someone propagate the Club Trillion brand when right. you could just have Club Trillion? I mean, listen, it, Katie doesn't make those decisions, so like, I'm going to give a shout out to her, but... In all, in all honesty, I was I was ten percent happy that she wore a shirt and like gave me some love, but I was mostly ninety percent just like I should be there in yes. person and just dropping. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, she wore a club show shirt to the game, and I got dragged into Katie Nolan's mentions on Twitter just because people like tagged both of us in tweets, and I just wanted to say, my God, yeah, what, doesn't sound fun. Oh, oh my God, I know. Anytime, anytime you like come to the defense of any woman, you're you, you get labeled the white knight thing, and I'm gonna get <laughs> roasted for this. I know. And I'm going to get guys being like hashtag thirsty and all that bullshit. But my God, I, I do not know. Like, yeah, I, I have no other words than just like seeing the tweets that, that uh, she gets directed her way. So that was a, uh, that was quite an experience to just sit there and scroll through. Just like, are, do these people actually exist in the world? And as it turns out to yes, they do. But the good there news is we, of, we know that 93% of them are fake. So that's all yeah, we that's have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if that's they were tagging we me on, on it, to. that's how you know. They were fake. Yeah. Shout out to 7%. Yeah, shout out to my 7%. So uh, another shout out for me. I want to shout out uh, Kevin Love in this game. Um, he in the All-Star game, he wears a full on Canadian tuxedo. I don't know what's going on with Kevin Love. I do know that they need him on the bench uh, as far as eyeballs for for all the viewers out there. Uh, he had a great time. High five everyone. He seemed to be really engaged in the game. He was happy to be on Team LeBron. Seemed like he made some friends this weekend. Shout out to Banana Republic for giving him that denim hookup. Uh, that That's one for me. <laughs> Um, too much NBA talk today. I don't know. I, I can't. <laughs> I say love enough. it. It's so much fun. Um, I want to shout out, and then we'll, 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 let's wrap this up with this. Actually, I want to shout out John Schuster because I see here that you put a note that Schuster is your most hated American. I can't stand this guy. I literally hate him so much. John Schuster. <laughs> for people that have not watched curling, U.S. curling, he has blown it in every single game, and. <laughs> Not only this, he's the captain of the team. Not just this year. Yeah, not just this year. He's 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 the captain of the team, so everyone comes up to him and they're like, John, how's it going? John, how was that shot? And he's like, doesn't high five anyone, doesn't dap anyone up, doesn't give the mustache guy, I can't remember his name, doesn't give him any credit when he has any good shots. But then they set him up to win and he just blows it every time. 
And he just looks oh. at them as like as, if, if it's everyone else's fault. He blames his vice captain. And then yesterday, they finally have this magical moment against Canada. And he, and he curls it in right between the, the, the rocks. It's all about rock placement, by the way, is what I've learned this week. And they're celebrating. They have this great interview afterwards. They go up to John Schuster. And I'm thinking he's going to give this whole, like, what a captain should do, which is like my teammates rallied around me. I've had a really rough week. I've been struggling. You know, it's been a really hard time for me. And he basically was like, you don't know my story and starts crying. <laughs> and and they're like, what's Wait, going on? Wait, what? Yeah. He's like, you don't know my story and starts crying, walks away from the interview. And then they talk to his vice captain. He's like, you know, we know how great of a player John is. We, we know how he is with the Rocks. This is the John that we expected to see every game. And it made it all about John Schuster. And not only not only did he keep us back in all these other games, but then when we finally win and we can all celebrate as a country, I'm still talking about John Schuster and how much he struggled this week. I I, I just don't understand. I, it just oh. made me so upset. Uh, hold on, dude. He had the clutch shot against Canada. Yeah. He threw, After he missing threw every single clutch shot before that. He he throws a draw around the guard, almost peels, almost clips the guard <laughs> as he throws the draw into the house. God. Sticks it. Love this. Gives it, a, gives it. A, gives it. Gives the can, Canadian Rock a nice little bump. Sticks it right next to the button for the win in the eleventh end. Um, <laughs> that was beautiful. I actually watch. I actually watch Curly all the time. I watch I, a I lot of Curly. Love Curly. Yes. But Schuster. Schuster is. You're not alone in that thought. People absolutely hate Schuster. I hated Schuster. I because exactly like you said. I think like I don't follow curling enough outside of the Olympics to understand why this man keeps leading our, our national team because everyone who like watches curling is like, this guy chokes all the time. He's always making that face where he's just kind of, yeah, he's got that whole added that vibe about him yet. Every year he's like the captain of the Olympic team. Like, can we find someone else to captain this team? But I have to give credit where due to he, he, he did hit, hit the game winner against Canada. So, um, I don't know. I, and I think, I think that's what upset me even more, you know? It's like this whole time I, I was about to yeah. tweet about like U.S. curling is dead. You know, like what people did with U.S. soccer when we were out of the World Cup. I thought we were going to lose to Canada. And I was going to say, we got to fix curling for the next time around. And then Schuster does this. And now everyone's back on curling. Everyone's excited. Um, it just it just upsets me. I'm doing me. my part. And the, and the hat. I'm doing my part. I, the I hat just really upsets me. It's like, take that hat off. Yeah. Don't bend yeah. your brim like, brim like that. Come on. Don't. don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing my part, by the way. I've been taking curling lessons. I, sh- I, I seriously have. I can't I'm wait. I'm about to join the curling club in Columbus, so I'm going to I'm gonna do my part. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. Um, games to watch this week, none. There, <laughs> I, I looked at the schedule. Zero. There are no great games, Tate. This is, a, this is a problem that happens every week. It's just it's, – it's not the college ba- – I, I love college basketball. You love college basketball. It's that – there's just no marquee games. I mean, like if you think about it, like the WWE, let's, let's, let's go with this analogy. The WWE has to gas up like two prime fighters, you know, and they let John Cena win every match. And then you let Roman Reigns win every match. And then hopefully everyone's holding out hope that like, maybe they'll wrestle each other. I haven't followed WWE in a while. So don't all the wrestling fans are going to kill me for that. Um, But you have to like pump them up. So then that way, when they meet at WrestleMania, it's like, Oh, two unstoppable guys meeting. And then Mm. that's when you get excited. But what we have in college basketball is just a bunch of like mid-tier wrestlers and we have no superstars. And what that means is there are very few marquee games to get excited about. There's we're all just I'm I'll speak for you. I'm just waiting for the NCAA tournament at this point. And it's a sad state of affairs from that I found myself in this place where it's almost March and I'm just kind of just want to fast forward. Just let's just get to the NCAA tournament, please. You, you sound like a real NBA fan right now with that. Uh, I'm excited for. I really do. I sound. Like, I'm excited for the Big Ten tournament in New York that no one will watch. Um, and then I'm excited mm-hmm. about the real week of uh, tournament games. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. But it's just like I don't. I don't need to see. 
I, I have people tweeting at me about Wisconsin, and it won't stop, and it's driving me nuts. Like every time Wisconsin plays, it's because you and I talk about Buzzcut Brad. Mm. They're like, "Hey man, what did you think about the Badgers last night?" It's like, do you think I'm I'm, I'm watching a second of Wisconsin basketball at this point? <laughs> I hope not. The answer is not. no, no, no. I'm not watching that. You know, and it's just frustrating. It's very frustrating. So uh, anyway, if that's it, you got anything else before we go? Yeah, I just want to say if you want to keep up with something fun in college basketball, the technical foul race is really heating up. Malik Dunbar leads the country from Auburn with six technical fouls on the season. Isaiah Bailey and uh, Demontre Jefferson are right there with five. I, I expect to see another one from Demontre Jefferson from Texas Southern. He's had uh, five and five good ones this year. So if you want to keep up with the teed up technical foul race, please do that. Uh, that's one thing to keep your, keep your attention going. But uh, other than that, no big games this week. And it'll be a very casual Friday, I'm sure, for us. RIP teed up. Uh, great podcast. Oh, shout out to uh, Michael Porter, by the way. Forgot him. Uh, Thursday, he's getting his... He's, he might be cleared for contact on Thursday, Tate. I saw. So Friday we might have a we might have a new development in the Michael Porter mystery. Can't wait. Stay tuned. So in the meantime, uh, thank you all for listening and save the crew. Classic, classic Kyle.